What up, what up? Welcome back in episode two of Like I Was Saying, Jason Spells here. I was reading Forbes magazine a couple of issues ago, and they had this article talking about the growth of the NBA and how the NBA was set up to really just blow up overseas and with millennials while the NFL, we all know how much they're struggling. Um, So I had a chance to catch up with a friend of mine, Tanya Ganguly. She is the beat writer of the Los Angeles Lakers for the L.A. Times. She also used to cover the NFL for the Houston Chronicle and ESPN. So she was in town. I thought she was the best person to kind of pick her brain to figure out what the hell's going on. Is the NBA really turning the corner and is the NFL struggling? So I had her in town on the podcast. Episode two, track two, run it. Paul George. Mm-hmm. He's going to L.A. <laughs> Everyone knows it. You know it, too. You have to know you're covering him next season. <laughs> You know, it's funny, I asked um, someone who covered the Pacers last year, am I going to like Paul George? And he said, you're going to love him. Paul George is great. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When he was here, I love covering Paul. I remember, so like, my Paul George story, it's like first or second year here. I was doing a radio show here in town, like filling in, anchoring a radio show. And I remember I needed a guest. And I just texted him, like, hey, Paul, can you come on a radio show? He stopped his workout and came on the radio show. That's awesome. That was young Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Old Paul didn't do that. So I think you'll like it, but like people here still want to know. People in Indiana, people in the NBA want to know whether or not he's going to go to LA. Like, what's his end goal? You know, it's what I've heard. I had heard this a lot last summer um, that he was telling people that he wanted to be a Laker. That he still, you know, even after after. I mean, obviously he told the Pacers that, but there was so much discussion because he was still with the team. You know, they didn't trade him at the deadline. Larry Bird was never going to trade him. Um, and then, and you know, like, as things progressed, people started to wonder, like, is this really that important to him? And he was still telling his friends that that's what he wanted to do and that he would eventually, no matter wherever he got traded to, would eventually wind up back in L.A. So, I mean, I've seen him when the Laker fans are just, like, cheering for him. We want Paul. Him. Yeah, at the All-Star Media Day. Yeah. And he kind of smiled, and someone asked him about it, and he said, it feels good. He admits, I mean, he's perfectly fine admitting that, like, it feels good to hear that from people. He's perfectly fine admitting that he wanted to come to the, he wanted to go back to L.A. and be part of the Lakers, this team that he rooted for growing up. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting. But I really do think that it's still a little bit up in the air because if if he feels like he can compete for a championship with Oklahoma City, then you never know what could happen in the playoffs. Um, if he feels that way, then there's a chance that they could keep him. But right I mean, the now, Lakers, the way they're playing. The Lakers are so far away from, I don't want to say relevance, because A, it's L.A., mm-hmm. and A, they got money, and they got an owner that spins. But, mm-hmm. like, if you look at the NBA right now, as we go into the 2018 free agency in the offseason, can the Lakers flip this thing around quickly? I mean, they can if they get bring in the right pieces. I mean, you saw Miami do that. Yeah. You know, like if you add stars. But they stars, had D-Way there. They, they did. They had D-Way they there. They did. But if you add stars, you can make, you can turn things around really fast in the NBA. But it's who, what stars are you going to get? Um, I think Paul is part of the piece of that puzzle. They really, like that is one cog that is very, like, feasible for them to get and is, is, would be a really solid player for them to add. Um, they don't have anyone of that level right now, uh, but he's not gonna be, they're not going to be able to do it with just him. Yeah. So, you know, what the Lakers have actually talked a lot about is that maybe this is a two-year process. Like, if they can't 
get two guys this year. Maybe they get one this year and the second one next year. Maybe they get, you know, like they'd even like sort of set themselves up to be okay if they strike out this year and they have to, you know, because Paul could not opt out. Yeah, and they can add an add a year. Yeah. LeBron could not opt out. And OKC out. technically could, still has his bird rights, so they can obviously they pay could him still, more. Yeah, so there's some options here with the moving parts. Uh, you know, and, and it depends on other things too. Like, what if LeBron misses the finals this year, and suddenly his final streak is over, and it's not as like is is it as important to him then to be out of the West in a, t at a team on a team where he'll be able to continue that final streak? I mean, there's so many moving parts right now yeah. that that's why the it's NBA is amazing. <laughs> I was reading so like I was also wanted to talk with you because I was reading Forbes like either last month or month before last, and they were talking about like the growth of the. NBA mm -hmm. versus the NFL. They say the NFL, like ratings-wise, we all know they're struggling right there. They don't see the growth overseas like they anticipated. But you look at the NBA, like engagement from viewers, ratings, massive growth opportunities overseas. Like the NBA is like, the NBA is set up to be a major mover in the sports world for the next decade plus. Mm -hmm. You covered the Houston Texans, so you know what it's like with the NFL. Now you're doing the Lakers in LA. Do you see that? Do you see the NBA? Maybe I don't want to say the NFL is on a decline, but do you see the NBA returning back to being the dominant sport? Well, it's there's a few really interesting things. Like, uh, like okay, so like every every fall, every training camp that I've covered, there's one of the big stories that people have sort of pushed and wanted to wanted to talk about heading into training camp is like, are the NBA players going to do anything at the national anthem? Yeah. Because in football, it became such a big deal that players were kneeling and protesting police brutality during the national anthem so but it was never a big deal in the nba because NBA they had a voice players, to talk exactly time. nba players can feel co are comfortable doing that anyway and their outspokenness about political issues about social issues about everything hasn't hurt the brand because that's kind of to me that's kind of a red herring i think the nfl is dealing with a few things they're dealing with like People are a little uncomfortable with the brutality and the, you know, head injuries and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the game, you know, the game isn't always, a, the Super Bowl was amazing, obviously, but, like, the game ha isn't as interesting all the time, um, you know, the actual product on the field. You know, I think the NFL hurt themselves when they got into, they pushed fantasy hard and they mm -hmm. pushed the red zone hard. I think when you push, like, the idea of, like, yeah. this, the culture of, like, okay, the Snapchat culture, we'll just say it's that but you push this idea that hey don't watch the whole thing hey just watch the scoring, just watch the yeah. scoring. and more importantly don't care about your team yeah. just care about your particular players in your fantasy mm -hmm. now people sit at home and they're like okay i got my phone i could be watching the game with my friends but instead i'm out yeah. doing whatever i want to do i look at my phone oh aaron Rodgers threw this oh okay ab did this oh okay boom yeah. i'm fine whereas you look at nba it's like NBA hasn't pushed fantasy as heavy, mm -hmm. nor red zone. You can't even do red zone in right. the NBA um, as heavy as NFL does, and I feel like that's coming back to haunt them. I think that I think that in the NBA too, like it's it's always been such a player-driven league. You know, like like you it, you root for players. Like mm -hmm. People are fans of Michael Jordan. People are fans of LeBron. Like they'll follow LeBron wherever he goes. In football, it's always been about the team. You know, like it's this experience of you go to the game and you. You're, you're with your you're with your people and you know like you're all cheering for the same thing like it's you know like that experience I don't think is really resonating with people that much anymore it's a hard game it's a hard sport to also go to live it's a much better it's a good team no no sport. no I, I'll say this like for the life of me I don't get why anyone buys tickets season tickets it's to the so NFL not even expensive like the seats are bad there's yeah. no good seat in the NFL even if you're sitting at the 50 yard line 
front row, every time there's a touchdown, you're 50 yards away from it. Yeah, that's fair. So you can't even see it. If there's opposite field, like I've been to a few games and I'm sitting there, I'm like, what's going on? Where did you go to an NBA game? It's yeah. like, honestly, you sit 200 level, maybe kind of cat a corner on one of the ends. Mm -hmm. You can see everything. You can see plays develop. You get yeah. so much more out of it. I, I do think the vantage point is bad most places in football. Um, and and you feel I feel like you feel very disconnected from the actual game. Yeah. Whereas in basketball, it's a more intimate environment. And so like you f I think people feel a little more connected to and you can see the players faces and you can you know, like I feel like people just relate more to basketball players. That's why their union is more powerful than the football union, I think. Guaranteed contracts <laughs> versus non-guaranteed yeah. contracts. That's all you have to say yeah. about the respective unions. The NBA, in my opinion right now, I feel like the NBA is really latching on to social media too, mm -hmm. which yeah. is totally different than the NFL. It's yeah. like the NFL, for the longest, like teams, respective teams could not tweet out mm -hmm. video. Mm -hmm. But you look at, I mean. Yeah, I remember them making jokes, some of the team accounts making jokes about that. Yeah. Yeah, but the NBA is really embracing that, and like their their social media footprint is very large. Um, they do a lot. They you know employ a lot of people whose job it is to manage all of that stuff, and they connect with people on their social media platforms. And teams are really like figuring out how to get like a voice with their social media. Um, so you know with the people that they hire and with the way that they do it, and it's. I mean, they love when like something goes viral. Like they, like that's what that's what they want. Like if, even if it's like funny, and and I that's another thing. Like I, you know, having covered football and basketball, I feel like people take basketball a little less seriously. They're willing to make fun of themselves. Basketball players take themselves less seriously. Yes. Football <laughs> players like. Well, I, I mean, okay, okay. You've been in this game as long as I have. There's nothing worse than these cliche quotes right here. Every every game is tough. It's the most important game because it's the next game. You know what? Those, you know, their defense is stout defense. They're full of game records over there. <laughs> like, they say the dumbest things ever. It was like NBA players. Like, Joel Embiid is like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Because, like, he just talks shit the whole time. Well, and there, I love it. There's, there's more. They Again, it goes back to they have more freedom to say what they want to say, especially when you get older players. It's, it is, like, from a coverage perspective, like, you get a lot. I think you... You get a lot more because the players are a little less nervous about like, what if I say the wrong thing and then the they my cut coach me is, next week. Exactly, exactly. My coach is going to put it up, and I've heard stories of Bill Belichick like putting up quotes that players said that he didn't like in team meetings. Really? And you know, like that kind of stuff. Like maybe, like in the NBA, like people care a lot less about that kind of. And most, I won't say all, but in the NBA, the player is the most powerful person. Mm -hmm. In the NFL, it's the coach and the GM. Yeah. And I think that filters itself all the way down mm -hmm. to how the players interact with the media yeah. and their fans. They're, ner they're more nervous, and they should be. Yeah. They got a lot to lose. One hit, you get cut, and you're done. What will carry the NBA forward? Well, it'll be interesting this year because, like, what if, like, like this I love I love what Kyrie did. I love Kyrie in Boston. Let me just put that out there. Uh -huh. Like, I think that's freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, I think rivalries are really important, um, and I think the Warriors and Cavs have created a, a rivalry of sorts um, because of because they keep meeting in the finals and that would be like this year there's a little more drama to it right like you don't you, like you think it'll probably be the Warriors and the Cavs but you don't know like the Rockets are right there the Rockets, I don't believe in Toronto though see, I still don't believe in Toronto lots of people don't believe in Toronto but Toronto doesn't lose at home 
So yeah. if they, <laughs> yeah, you got if they're playing most of their playoff games at home, like they, that could be, you know, I mean, everyone tells me no one believes. You are not the only one who doesn't believe in them because of what they've done in the past. But maybe this is the year that they get it together. But I, I it's mean, not. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it from a reporting standpoint because I'll be covering the finals. I'd love to spend a week in Toronto, <laughs> especially in June. Yes. Toronto June's nice. Now I'm Beautiful. sure you've done that Toronto trip in December, and oh, that yeah. wasn't nothing Last nice. Year. Yeah, that wasn't nothing <laughs> but nice. But there's good food Cali. still. There's good foods. I mean, I have to go there to all those places anyways. There's good food still in Toronto. Best it's NBA always city. Always a Chicago. Toronto. Best NBA city for you. Hmm. I don't know. Um, okay, worst. Worst. <laughs> the city you just like, and you can say Indiana. You can say no, that. No, it's not Indiana. <laughs> I have, I just, I have like a, a little bit of an affinity for Indiana because I spent so much time here covering the AFC South for so long, mm-hmm. and then with the combine, you'd be here for like a week. Everything's so perfectly was, downtown here. Yeah. But no, we were yeah. getting off on a tangent. Worst okay, NBA, NBA city. city. The city where you're just like, I'm gonna fly in, cover the game, fly out. Okay. Um, I don't like Oklahoma City. You stay at the Ghost Hotel. I don't. I stay at the Renaissance. It's a couple blocks away. Yeah. Um, let's see. You know, I've found, I've been able to, like, I have a fr- I have friends in Oklahoma City, so, like, when I'm there, like, I can actually have a good time. Um, uh, let's see. And, in, in like, San, I would say San Antonio, but, like, I've actually figured out ways to, like, enjoy myself in San Antonio. Like, you know, it's, I don't love Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about Cleveland is you go and you get a great game, you get to see a great team. Yeah. So, like, there's, there's a, you know, there's some, there, if, if, like, like, let's say, like, Oklahoma City, like, let's say Russ were to have left, then, like, Oklahoma City is really the worst, because it's like, you're, you're not seeing anything interesting on the court, and you're in a city that's not that interesting, and, but, like, but, yeah, like, I guess, Cle- like, I'm not a big fan of Cleveland, but, you know, I've, but they, I've never been to Cleveland, as long as I've been here, I have never been to Cleveland. so close. Yeah, but it's so <laughs> far away, and I'm with you. I have no real reason to yeah. ever go to Cleveland. Yeah. LeBron's coming here a couple of games a year. Yeah. I ain't got to go there. Yeah, I mean that's like, but you do get a good basketball game. Like yeah. you get a good, you get to see a good team. It's a cool atmosphere. It's a, they, the fans are great there. So you know, there's what's, just not a lot to eat. What's the best <laughs> arena? Hmm. Um, One of my boys works for the Nets. I I gotta go Bears to Barclays. Awesome, I gotta actually. go to Barclays. Yeah, yeah, that might be my favorite. Because it's such a cool, like, it's got a really cool aesthetic on the outside when you're coming up to it. Yeah. And the food, is like, the concourse food is really great. I always go eat on the concourse really? in Brooklyn. Yeah. Because the media is, like, it's, it's just... The media food's fine, but usually they only take cash. So, like, I, it's hard for me to... Cleveland's concourse food is actually pretty good. You know good. what? I hate any place <laughs> that only takes cash, for yeah, the record. It's always the media meal in NBA cities. Like, it's harder when, uh, like, you're trying to eat healthy, too. Yo, how do you I've eat been, healthy on the road? I no, do, I that's mean, a super strong. I don't strong. know yet. I'll let you. I, my plan for this road trip is to eat healthy. Last road trip, we had Miami, and I went to Yardbird. Mm-hmm. We had uh, New. Uh, no, we have New Orleans on this road trip, so that's going to be the challenge: is getting out of New Orleans without gaining like six six pounds. See, for me, it would be like to get from my hotel to the to the smoothie center. Mm-hmm without getting the daiquiri with the extra shot. <laughs> that would be the difficult thing. Every time I'm in New Orleans, like... I don't they, like daiquiri, but there's so a daiquiri, okay But that. there's a daiquiri spot every five feet in New Orleans. <laughs> That's true. And literally, you walk in, they're like, would you like a daiquiri? Yes. Would you, would you like a shot of liquor for a dollar? Of course I <laughs> But there's also like po' boy shops everywhere too. That's, Which ain't healthy. That's what is my weakness. Yeah, like One healthy. time in New Orleans, I, I got in an Uber and I told the lady, I was like, can you take me to somewhere that like 
isn't in the French Quarter and that like locals like that's for Pope Boys and she took me like really far away and some of the local local like writers were like she could have taken you closer but <laughs> but she took me to this to this is a great Indiana story actually she took me to a place called Domalisi's and she said um, Peyton Manning used to work here in high school oh, that's pretty cool and so I went in and I ordered the I ordered a Pope Boy and like yeah sure enough like there's like a little like like they had signed something in there the, all the Mannings had signed something in there and. Um, but yeah, it's like a local. Did they spot. have anything up like this is what Peyton eats? Like, I mean, in I theory, he I should have his own po' boy, yeah. right? But but you know, po' boys are so simple. It's like it's like fried oysters, fried shrimp, com- combination. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's like such a simple concept. But it was it was really good, and you know, I liked the little history of it. <laughs> and they successfully screwed your diet up. They did. They did. That was last year, though. So. This is, this is the this is the new challenge for this trip. We're Indiana, Memphis, New Orleans, and Detroit, and we've got three days in New Orleans, which is so Once I, I'm going to test my willpower. Pay that extra dollar <laughs> and get that shot at it. <laughs> All right, I seriously doubt Tanya's going to take my advice and get that extra shot. But if you go, you now know it's a buck extra. It helps you live life in NOLA like it's supposed to be lived. As always, I take suggestions, ideas. Hit me up. Twitter and Instagram. The name on both is Jason Spells. Thanks for listening to Like I Was Saying. Never did it for the fame, never did it for the game. When I picked up the mic, it made my whole world change. Started back in my.